Hello, I'm Dango Rose, and this is the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. And I'm Cynthia Davis. In today's episode, we continue our Meet the Press segment by introducing Christian Vanek. Christian tells us what inspired him to take on the role as new publisher of the Mountaineer newspaper and podcast. We then catch up with correspondent Jamie Lammers, who has our music mentions for the week. We'll also get an ear into his conversation with Kathy Ott, owner of Canyon Tavern, formerly The Last Stand. And for our final story, Dango interviews Drew Emmett and Vince Herman of Leftover Salmon. This will be the first of a two-part segment. They tell us about their recent induction into the Colorado Music Hall of Fame and what's on tap for LOS's 33rd year as a band. But first, some news from your neighborhood. Did you know the United States Forest Service offers six free days a year to visit and enjoy public land? Today, Martin Luther King Day marks the first one. Take advantage of living in one of the most beautiful places in the country and enjoy the Rocky Mountain region. The next free day will be next month on President's Day, February 20th. Visit the link included in the details of the show to find information on how to be safe while playing outdoors in the winter. The Netherland Panthers cross-country team ended the season with positive words from both coach and team. Freshman Abby Hess competed in the cross-country state championship race in Colorado Springs this year after being the first runner to qualify from Netherlands since 2016. You can read more details about the season wrap-up in the most recent edition of the Mountaineer newspaper. The Backdoor Theater hosts movies every Friday and Saturday at the Netherland Community Center. The nonprofit organization is always looking for volunteers to help run the show and even offers free admission and popcorn for lending a helping hand. Find them on Facebook or by visiting www.backdoortheater.org. The Gilpin County Community Center has activities and classes available for everyone. Find a complete calendar of events, including open poll hours printed in the Mountaineer newspaper, and visit them online at gilpincounty.colorado.gov. Nedrink, now operated by the Town of Nederland Parks and Recreation, has added a one-of-a-kind event for all ages and skill levels. Every Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m., volunteers convert the open-air ice rink into the hottest disco in town. It's a family fun event with bright lights and groovy beats under a dark winter sky. For information on future events or how to become a volunteer, find them online at nedicerink.wixsite.com. The month of January is National Radon Action Month and Boulder County Public Health is encouraging residents to test their homes. Every year in Colorado, radon causes as many as 500 lung-related fatalities, Radon is an odorless and invisible gas, and it is believed that more than 50% of homes in Boulder County have unhealthy or dangerous levels. And that's it for this week's news briefs. If you have something to share, you can send requests for submission to info at themountaineer.com. As long as it meets our community standards, we'll be sure to include it in a future episode. Share the love this Valentine's Day with a message to your special someone in black and white print. Send us your poems. Send us your prose to be printed in the February 9th edition of the Mountain Ear newspaper. 
Deadline for submission is February 3rd. You can email your information to info at themountaineer.com. We recently published a story in the Mountaineer newspaper introducing our new publisher, Christian Vanek. Christian came to the area a few years ago and not only fell in love with the majestic landscape, but also the unique culture of the mountain community. First, he introduces himself and explains his new position. So my name is Christian Vanek, and my role at the Mountaineer is really that of of support. Um, I am the managing partner, technically. Um, meaning that I'm going to run the business operations and su- supply technology and pipeline logistics support. But Barbara is uh, the managing editor, and she's going to still be running the uh, fabulous paper that we've had for all of these years. And why buy a newspaper? You know, it, <laughs> when I first uh, found the Mountaineer when I moved up here, one, I was surprised that there was still a local print newspaper in the area. And so that attracted me right to it because I, I love newspapers. Some of my fondest memories are, are, you know, when I was a kid reading comics and then, and then reading the full edition when I got older of our local paper called The Post Star in Glens Falls. And so there were. There, there was a lot of parallels to me. I think that it's one of the major institutions that every town and region needs in order to thrive. And so when I heard that Barbara was exploring her options, I realized, hey, Maybe this is a chance for me to get involved. Maybe this is a chance for us to make sure that we keep this paper local and still give her all of the optionality to, to run it the way that she wants. The Mountaineer newspaper has been in print for over 46 years. Christian tells us how the platform acts as a catalyst between the many mountain communities that dot the peak to peak. Well, that was actually one of the reasons I wanted to get uh, involved with the Mountaineer. There's a huge opportunity to provide business services, advertising, and even help with tourism for all of the towns and regions that the Mountaineer covers. And so I loved the fact that, one, I mean, talk about breadth of coverage. You know, everything from, you know, the the far regions of, of our small Rocky Mountain towns, the central city. I think it's amazing that we can continue providing that type of coverage. And what are his hopes for the future? After I retired and I looked at, okay, what are all of these options to invest in? I realized I'd rather invest in our local towns and communities, specifically the one I plan on living in until I die, which would be Netherlands. So anything that the newspaper can do to support tourism, business growth, getting some great jobs into the area, I'm in. Thank you, Christian. Speaking from all of us here at the Mountaineer Newspaper and the Everybody's Listening podcast, we couldn't be happier with how things are moving forward. We hope our readers and listeners feel the same. Now we go to correspondent Jamie Lammers. He spoke with Kathy Ott, owner of the Canyon Tavern. But first, let's hear this week's Music Mentions. And now, for this week's Music Mentions. Be sure to head to Busey Brews on 70 East 1st Street in Netherland on Sunday, January 22nd at 2 p.m. to see Andrew Cooney performing live. 
Be sure to head to Canyon Tavern on 32138 Highway 72 in Pool Creek Canyon on Friday, January 20th at 6 p.m. to see Mark Cuban performing live, and again on Saturday, January 21st at 6 p.m. to see Greg Green performing live. The Covered Wagon hosts karaoke nights every Thursday at 7 p.m. Be sure to head to 15 East 1st Street in Netherland to check them out for yourself. Be sure to head to 261 Eldora Ski Road site in Nederland to check out the Eldora Timbers Lodge Fireside Music Series and the Woodward DJ Boombox Series, which this week includes performers like Matt Flaherty, Wiley Jones, God Laser, and Pistol Pete. For more information about specific times and dates, be sure to check out my music listing in the print edition of The Mountain Ear. Be sure to head to 51A Main Street in Rollinsville, where Howlin' Wind Brewing is located, to check out Rolling Harvest on Saturday, January 21st at 6 p.m., and an open bluegrass jam on Sunday, January 22nd at 5 p.m. Head to the Jamestown Mercantile, located on 108 Main Street in Jamestown, for an open mic on Wednesday, January 18th at 5 p.m., a kind-hearted stranger's performance on Thursday, January 19th at 7 p.m., and a karaoke night on Friday, January 20th at 7 p.m. On Saturday, January 21st at 4 p.m., Knotted Root Brewing on 250 North Caribou Street in Nederland will be hosting a performance by Acoustic Dead Fish Orchestra. And every Sunday at 4 p.m., the brewing company hosts Jazz Sundays with Black Dog. Ned's Cafe hosts a Dan Jam every Thursday at 10 p.m. and a karaoke night every Sunday at 7 p.m. Be sure to head to 121 North Jefferson Street in Nederland to check them out for yourself. Finally, be sure to head to 20 East Lakeview Drive, number 112 in Nederland, where Very Nice Brewing Company is located, to check out Jim Seeley on Friday, January 20th at 6 p.m., and C.P. Meyer on Saturday, January 21st at 5 p.m. Did we miss your venue or your performance in this music listing? Want to submit your music listing in the Peak to Peak area? Do you have updates to your business or to your performances? Please call 303-810-5409 or email info at themountaineer.com to be included in the next podcast or the next physical edition of The Mountain Ear. Last week, I spoke to Kathy Ott, owner of Canyon Tavern located in Coal Creek Canyon. Kathy now operates two restaurants in the area. She tells us how it all began. I think probably the beginning is that we purchased the Wonderview Cafe up the hill. We've been running that restaurant for about a year, and then this restaurant came up for sale about, I don't know, mid-June maybe. And so I guess we felt like it would be a great way to really provide two different types of restaurant on the canyon. What makes Canyon Tavern stand out from some of the other establishments along the canyon? Wonderview is kind of Mexican and family-oriented, and this is, you know, more of a bar and more of a gathering place, and so we felt like it would be a great compliment, really. The Canyon Tavern did experience a name change under the new owners, but here, Kathy tells us what patrons can expect to stay the same. Tom and Annette, who were the prior owners of this restaurant, really did a great job of building up kind of a clientele and feeling of a place to gather in the canyon. And I think when we took over, we really wanted to, you know, expand on that and really build on what they 
built on previously. And so I guess my vision is that this continues to be some place where people come, where they meet their friends, where they see their friends, where people know that NFL is always going to be playing during football season. And, you know, they can always, you know, come and see their friends. This is where people gather. I think it's a really unique place because um, Tom and Annette had created a kind of a horseshoe shaped bar. So people often, you know, are talking to each other across the bar, which you can hear in the background now. And people are making friends here. They're not only, you know, coming and seeing their friends and um, meeting here, but they're really making new friends. And I think that's what we want to build on. The tavern also offers patrons something to eat. We've done some menu changes. We have a little different supplier, and so we're really working on, you know, really fresh ingredients. People come here and not only have a nice social experience, but also really enjoy the food. Since beginning operations with the Wonderview Cafe over a year ago, she tells us what she likes best about working in the community. Both restaurants have really phenomenal people, and I think, you know, just in general, mountain people are awesome. And so it's been really fun to, you know, not only serve the community, but also employ people who live here. And there's some really, you know, tough people who live up here and battle the winter and get to work when there's a blizzard. And it's, you know, I really, I love being in the canyon and I love working with the people who live here. And what is her main focus moving forward? Something I often say is I really want the atmosphere to be such that people leave feeling better than they came in. And that goes for our, our customers as well as our staff. The other thing I really would like is, you know, people do come up here for the view. I really want them to come back for the food. And I think that's something we're really focusing on working on. Thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on board and joining us for the podcast. Reporter Omira Acevedo wrote a great story about Kathy and her road to entrepreneurship published in the December 15th edition of the Mountaineer newspaper. You can read the full article by visiting themountaineer.com and then by searching Canyon Tavern. We will also link the article in our show notes online. I'm Jamie Lammers. Back to you, Dango. Thanks, Jamie. We'll hear more from Jamie again next week. We're excited to let you know that he'll be expanding his music coverage to also include more local business profiles. You can vote now for the 2022 Best of the Peak to Peak. Tell us your favorite places to eat, unwind, and take a date. Categories include everything from the best burger, the best music venue, and even the best fishing hole. Vote online by visiting themountaineer.com. You will also find a form for entries printed in the most recent edition of the Mountaineer newspaper. Mailing and drop-off instructions are included. That was a clip of Leftover Salmon's Breaking Through. Now we hand it over to Dango Rose as he interviews Drew Emmett in part one of two segments we'll have on Local Legends, Leftover Salmon. 
For over 33 years now, homegrown heroes Leftover Salmon have straddled the line between masterful reverence for traditional music and defining what we now understand as festival-style rock improvisation. This past November, they were inducted into the Colorado Music Hall of Fame. We can't tell the entire Leftover Salmon story in the time remaining, but we can share a recent conversation with founding member Drew Emmett. Next week, in part two of this interview, we will hear from local legend, Vince Herman. Yes, hello. This is Drew Emmett. Howdy, howdy. So, Drew, you were about 12 years old when you moved to Colorado with the family. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I was just a wee lad. I was, uh, <laughs> I was 12, and uh, my dad was actually uh, the reason because uh, he got a job in Denver at the Denver Post. He was working in Nashville at Vanderbilt. He was the managing editor there of the University Press. And uh, he always wanted to move west, so that was his dream to bring the family out here. And he he went to school in Boulder, so he he always wanted to get back out here. So uh, so yeah, he got the job at the Denver Post, and we all got on a Greyhound bus and, <laughs> and came west. So Drew, how did growing up in the Peak to Peak region influence the band, specifically the picks that would happen at places like the Mill Site? The Mill Site was a big part of my growing up and cutting my teeth on picking and, you know, really, really helped me develop as a picker and, and a singer. And, and the community of people was, was just the best, Buck and Danny and Keeley and, you know, so many, Ned and so many people, Nolan, Ed Martinick, on and on and on, but lot, lots of great people. And I looked forward to it in the wintertime is when it happened, when people weren't playing as much. And, you know, when I was home every Saturday night, you know, I lived about five miles from there. It was just, it was the thing to do. And then, uh, God, I just remember watching people just develop and grow up in that scene. And it was a big part of, you know, creating the the mountain music scene. So did growing up in Nashville influence the music you ended up creating in Colorado? Oh, big time. Big, big time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And not just by country and bluegrass music, but all kinds of music. Nashville is much broader than people really kind of give it credit for sometimes. It's really a melting pot of all kinds of music. And plus I had older brother and sister and they exposed me to a lot of rock and roll and, you know, all the good stuff that was happening in the late 60s, early 70s, and so I was exposed to a lot of good stuff like Almond Brothers and Grateful Dead and Yes and Who and and uh, so on and so forth. But also just growing up there, um, people did music in Nashville like people here in Colorado do sports. You know, It was just what uh-huh. you did. You played music, and when you went to somebody's house for a party, everybody sat around and picked, and that's just, just what you did in Nashville, and it's a really cool thing. So how does it feel to have been inducted into the Colorado Music Hall of Fame? I'm just honored to be following following in the footsteps of the people that inspired us, you know, and and that we're that we have any kind of influence is amazing to me and, and wonderful, you know, because we admired so many bands for years from here, you know, Hot Rise and you know, Newgrass Revival, although they're not from here, but they spent a lot of time here and Chris Daniels and the Kings and, you know, on and on and on. And uh, it's it's really cool to be part of that, 
that culture and that movement. And so in being part of that culture and that movement, how do you feel now knowing that you've inspired so many other musicians to carry on this legacy? It's cool to see other bands kind of following, you know, what we what we kind of got going years ago and quite by accident, I I might add. <laughs> but, you know, somehow what what we did and what our vision was, you know, for this band has carried over to other bands and inspired other bands to do similar things, although in their own way and, you know, carry it on. And it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, compliment, you know, to, to see that, that develop. And not like we created it. We're just part of a long line of, of bands in this lineage. And we happen to be, we happen to fit, you know, in, in, uh, in a place in history, you know, and we happen to, to jump in there, uh, in, in the slipstream of other bands and, uh, it's it's an honor to see other bands carrying that on, and uh, you know it's all it's all part of the the chain of 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 music, you know. So Salmon has been playing together for over three decades. During a hiatus from two thousand four to two thousand seven, you released several solo albums. Do you have anything in the works now? I would love to make another solo record. We'll, we'll see what happens the next couple of years. I've been writing some tunes. As much as I. I think about that and it's wonderful and it's a great thing to, to have a different outlets. It's, it's been a little hard for me to look past salmon <laughs> recently because it's been going so well. Um, mm-hmm. and not that I'm discounting doing stuff on my own. I, I do from time to time do shows on my own and I haven't been that motivated to do that because the band has really been satisfying really pretty much everything. It's it's not that pressing for me to do that right now, but uh, at some point I'm definitely thinking about um, making another solo record. And it's, it's always, it's a great thing. I mean, when I made those records, um, it was very liberating and very empowering and really fun. To step away from the band and do something different is very healthy and it's a great thing. So I I fully support anybody doing that. But for myself, uh, I feel like the band is doing so well right now that it, it's hard for me to think about much else, to be honest with you. So Leftover has seen a lot of players over the years, with you and Vince remaining constant. What can you tell us about the current lineup, and how are things looking moving forward? Just watching Andy develop, Andy Thorne, and, you know, really... Uh, you know, um, explore his songwriting and, and, uh, you know, his banjo playing just keeps getting better. And, and, uh, Greg is just solid as ever. And then Alwyn has just, you know, really become, you know, such an integral part of this band. And, and every night that I'm standing up there in front of that rhythm section, I just feel like, oh my God, we have the best rhythm section around. It's just so solid. And, you know, Vince and I have been doing this for, you know, coming up on 34 years and, and it's just made what we do that much better and, and that much more fun to have these people in the band. And then adding Jay has just been great. You know, he's had such a nice, uh, aspect, um, a nice facet to the band and, and uh it's just fun. I mean, this band's always been fun and there's there's been many different uh versions of this band um around Vince and I 
and it's all been great. And uh, I can remember various versions that have been amazing, you know. Um, but this this is really the best version of this band that's ever been. What do you think keeps the music alive and able to draw so many listeners in? It helps that our our crowd has has stayed pretty young too. You know, I mean, we have we kind of run the gamut in age groups. I just got to say, our our fans have enabled us to do this for so long, and they're you know huge reason why we can keep doing this. And we have you know really some of the greatest fans anywhere. And and it's like a lot of these people have grown up with us and and uh, gotten older, but then a lot of a lot of our fans are are young fans and are just discovering the band, and it's it's really really cool. And there's definitely there's a youthfulness to this band now, and there's also uh, there's there's a youthfulness in our crowd, which is really great. I just feel like we're really blessed to have that. So, Drew, what do you think Leftover has brought to the culture of Colorado music in terms of future generations? Definitely something that this band has done is spawn these these wonderful kids that are that are out there wanting to play music too, so and showing them that it's possible. Because we didn't, Vince and I probably didn't know that it was that possible to actually do this for a living. <laughs> you know, coming from our families, we're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, you can do this for a living, right? But you know, our kids are, have seen the example that yes, you can. You can do this for a living, and 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 it's great, and so do it. That was Drew Emmett of Leftover Salmon. Join us next week when we interview Vince Herman. We also included a link to a Leftover Spotify playlist in the show notes. It includes music from the band and those they have inspired along the way. We hope you enjoy. That concludes this week's episode of the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. Visit our website at www.themountaineer.com to read more information about today's guests. Pick up a copy of this week's print edition of the Mountaineer at newsstands all across the peak to peak. I'm Dango Rose. And I'm Cynthia Davis. Until next time, thank you for listening. You know, up here in the mountains, things are weird.